perhaps the most important edition of the year of Chalk Talk. We have two football studs with us, Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. First of all, let me wish you both a, a happy Thanksgiving with your families and your food and everything, and I hope it's uh, just a great holiday for you. Uh, Coach Reedy, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great, Bill, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. How do you like your turkey? You like it how? How do you prepare your turkey? Anyway, but I'm cooking it on the big green egg this time. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Johnson, Coach Johnson, welcome in to you, sir. Happy holidays. How are you? Same to you. I'm doing fine. I don't have any checks left over. All I got is a couple of uh, bowl rings and some jackets and T-shirts. That's about all I got. (laughs) Are you going to put them on eBay one day or what? (laughs) I'm going to have to, I'm afraid. (laughs) And and how do you prefer your turkey? I hate, I should not even say this. I don't like turkey. I mean, I will eat it, but I don't like turkey. I like ham. I like beef. I like pork. I like, uh, you know, I just, I'm not a big turkey guy, but I'll eat some tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'm not surprised by that answer. Okay. Uh, Chuck, um, boy, the Gamecock offense, you've been around offense, I guess, you know, your entire life. You've seen a lot of them. You've coached a lot of them. You ever seen one perform quite like they did against Tennessee? No, that's one of the best performances I've seen. Um, certainly, I mean, if you didn't know any better, I mean, you you'd have thought they were, you know, they were they were a team, you know, ranked in the top two or three in the country. Yeah, um, very impressive. Um, you know, they. Um, I, I don't know how you can go from being really bad to being really really good, but but they, you know, they found a way to do it. Is it simple enough, as I've tried to be simple because I'm a simple man with a simple brain, is it simple enough that just 11 guys they had on the field at any one time, they just they all played at their best and they just, you know, it just, it just all came together for them in a 60-minute period? Yeah, um, I, I think there's a couple things. You know, I, I think they went into the game offensively knowing they were going to have to score a lot of points. So they went in with kind of an attitude, we're going to let it all hang out. You know, they had a couple fourth downs early that they went for and made, um, you know, which which helped. And, you know, uh, offense, uh, I think the, uh, that confidence is, is the, the, the best thing that an offense can have. And, and, and when, when an offense is, is confident in, first of all, in the game plan, which – you know, a lot of times, you know, a team will go into a game and 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 the players may not really be sold on the game plan. But in this case, you know, I, I feel like they went into the game and the players were all had bought into the game plan. They believed in the game plan and they went in there with a lot of confidence. And then confidence builds on confidence. The more success they had, the more confident they got. And you know, it just it carried through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rattler. You know, I mean, you know, I've, I've said last week he's an average quarterback. Well, he wasn't an average quarterback the other night. I mean, he he was the guy that you know that that everybody thought they were getting. Um, you know, I mean, he threw the ball. I mean, he was on target. He was on time. Uh, you know, he was a guy that was playing with a lot of confidence, and you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, Ellis, defensively for the Gamecocks, and I think you might have talked about this last week too. They challenged the defense. 
they put the corners, the defensive backs, you know, on the so-called island and, and said, go cover their guys the, the best of your ability. And you guys up front, you handle the rush. Uh, and, and it, you know, they gave up a bunch of yards, but everybody's going to give up yards to Tennessee, and they're going to give up points. But they, they did enough to allow the offense in a complimentary way to um, to get a little bit of a spread going, and then the game got away. So what did you think of the defensive strategy and how they executed it? I, I thought they played good. But I, I think, again, I think the offensive performance just overshadowed the defense. If you're a football team who gets 11 possessions and you score five touchdowns, two field goals, only punt three times, and get stopped on downs once, you think you win that ball game. And that's what Carolina gave up. They gave up over 500 yards. They gave up 152 yards rushing, and they had given up over 105 rushing at the half. So they had a key takeaway, and they were playing with an offense that scored every time they had the ball. So I don't want to put any kind of damper on what was an absolutely fantastic night for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Their defense was still average. And, and just, you know, any way you shape, you can say how good Tennessee is on offense. That's fine, but they did not. The one thing they did, I think Tennessee was 5-12 of 12 on third down. So I don't think they played bad. I think they played about as well as they could play. But they just happened to be on the bench with a bunch of guys that scored points the other night, just, you know, out of their mind. Would you play the same defensive strategy against Clemson Saturday? Would you do the same man coverage and just put Cam Smith on – I don't know, maybe Antonio Williams and, and have Darius Rush on Ngata and uh, have, a, have a, somebody assign you the tight end um, and, just, and just challenge him that way. Would you, would you go about it the same way? No, I don't know. And, and I know that must have had a good plan uh, because they won the game. But at the same time, they get ready to play a different team. And I don't know if they had any kind of plan that was so unusual that they got away from their base scheme. Uh, it's going to boil down against Clemson as, as to whether they can force DJ into some turnovers. And then the, can they can they slow down that running game? Uh, Tennessee has a good running game. Statistically, it's a very good running game, but it lived off of the fast pace and the explosive passes. Well, they gave up 152 yards to Tennessee. Uh, they're not going to score the way they did the other night on offense. I don't think they will. But so they're going to have to play a little bit better against the running game than they played the last five weeks. Chuck, let's go to the Clemson offense. Um, I thought they looked – the part I was able to watch before heading to a, the stadium at South Carolina, uh, they looked very sharp. They came right out, went right down the field. Um, they survived uh, an overthrow by Miami that would have been a touchdown for them, went right back down the field, scored again. I, I thought Clemson came out of the gate very sharp – offensively with Uyunglele. They got a little sloppy later on. They, they fumbled the ball quite a bit. I don't know if that's uh, just one of those days for them or, or if that's really a problem they'll carry in to Saturday. What would you take away from watching their offense against Miami? Yeah, I mean, I thought their offense, they played, played well early. Um, you know, their, their you know, quarterback has become a real, real factor running the football. I think that's really one of the, one of the real keys to their offense. Um, you know, but you know, it, it, it's about like they've been all year. I mean, they they have really good, you know, they they have good uh, moments and and they play really well for a stretch, and you know, and then they kind of you know kind of you know shut down for a while. 
and and you mentioned the turnovers. I mean, they they you know, that's become a problem in the last you know last four or five weeks, and you know you can get by with 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 three fumbles. I think they lost or and and had some that they didn't lose that could have really really been a problem. Um, but you know, and you can get by against Miami, but you're not gonna, you're not going to get by with with three turnovers against a good football team. And so, you know, they need to correct that. But, you know, it was a good performance for them. Um, you know, they scored 40 points. I guess one of them was late, but, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, look, the last time the Gamecocks beat Clemson, 2013, Tigers turned it over six times, I think, that particular day. So South Carolina would certainly uh, benefit from having the turnovers come their way and, and win the turnover battle. But it Every team would. Let me ask you this this question, Chuck. I've asked a couple of people this. Um, now, I don't know what – it's supposed to be rainy and maybe the sun's not going to be a factor. and Maybe this isn't even a question that you have to consider. I don't know. But obviously you coached, you know, hundreds of games. Well, maybe not hundreds, but a bunch of games there at, at Death Valley over the years. Uh, in the fourth quarter, as you well know, a 12 o'clock kickoff, a little bit after 3 o'clock, Sun's going to be over in the west if there is a sun. Did you care which direction the offense was moving that that part of the afternoon in that stadium? Did you want to be moving a certain direction? I mean, I would have to. I would have a hard time going back and remember. But I do know that that was something that we discussed. Hmm. Um, You know, and and it has been a factor. I mean, you know, there have been guys that have have lost the ball. You know, in the sun. Um, you know, so yeah, I would say, yes, that is something that, you know, you, um, you would like to consider <laughs> sometimes it's hard to control, you know, where you're going to be going in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it, that can be a factor. Um, you know, it's not, not a big factor, but it certainly could be a factor. Yeah. Again, it might not even be a question because it could be cloudy and there might not be any sun out there and it might be might be wet. Um, Ellis, uh, the Tigers gave up a total of 98 yards to Miami. I know Miami was shorthanded at quarterback, and that was a problem, and banged up at running back. But just the, um, the technical approach by Clemson, the, the, uh, the, the physical attack and the emotional attitude of the team on defense, uh, what did you see from them? And they'll have, uh, they should have Brian Bressy back available for them this week. Yeah, I think they've sort of been trying to find out what they're really good at as they moved along. I don't think they leaned on their front enough early in the season. Uh, they've got some young players out back, and then they've lost one player out back. So uh, nothing very severe, I mean, as far as the personnel back there. But they had a few guys back there that are not the, not the best players they have. Mm-hmm. Go, to your, go, go to your guys and get it done, and I think that's what they did. And, Obviously, it was effective. Now, Miami has not been good on offense this year. This game was sort of like the entire opposite picture of what the South Carolina game was. Clemson's defense was as dominant in this game as South Carolina's offense was in that game. But it hadn't happened all year on either one of those. So, both of these football teams have been anything but consistent this year. And it, it may be, a, a, you know, a heck of a ball game because of that. But it's, it's a pretty good day when you give up one three-play drive for 10 yards for the only touchdown in the game, and you also score on defense. So it was impressive, but, again, it was against a team that has not been very consistent on offense. So 
I think they're really good on defense still. The only thing is that they do have their little lapses from time to time and let the other team sort of get their get their momentum going. And I think that's the biggest thing they've got to fight uh, going into this game. It's just got to be successful. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Satterfield said today that one of the running backs, Lloyd or – Beal Smith, he wouldn't say which one. He's going to leave that up to Beamer. But he believed at least one, if not both, but at least one would be available to play on Saturday coming off their injury. So, Ellis, what do you think uh, Wes Goodwin's going to dial up defensively for Clemson? What, what do you think he'll try to take away from South Carolina? Is he going to bring a lot of pressure and try and, and get Rattler on the move and, and get him, make him uncomfortable? But – uh, you know, leave themselves maybe susceptible to some deep shots, or do you think you'll play more zone and, and sit back a little bit and um, and keep everything in front? I think he'll mix it, but I think overall it's going to be a high percentage of pressure. Now, what is that, 40%, 60%? I don't know, but I think they're going to try to pressure. If they if they take control of this game, it'll be up in the front seven, and that's where they're going to have to beat Carolina. And Tennessee wasn't good enough to do it. Uh, Clemson is, but can they get it done? Uh, the return of the running backs, they had their best night the other night. Neither one of those guys played as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I thought the thing that Carolina did the other night, in addition to Rattler playing out of his mind, they got D.K. Joyner involved in the game plan. He showed up at Wildcat. He showed up on the Jet Sweep. And it, I think it keeps the defensive uh, play call a little off balance when you're getting that kind of mixture. So, I don't know. I mean, if I was Marcus – I'd go back to what they did the other night and at least give it a chance to see if he had the best players touching the ball the most times on the field. And that's what they did the other night. It worked out pretty good. Yeah. Chuck, I was going to ask you that. If you're Marcus Satterfield, uh, do you go take the game plan that you had against Tennessee, even though you're playing a much better defense here, you know, deeper, stronger, faster, but do you – go with the same kind of game plan and with the same concept in terms of play calling and getting all these different people. They had 12 different guys catch passes. I think they had seven different guys carry the football, two different guys through the football. You try and do that against Clemson and, and try and stick with it. Is that, is that the approach? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I think they go into this game the same way. Hey, we're going to let it all hang out. We're go- we're not going to hold anything back. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, they're, they're an underdog. I mean, they're playing at Clemson. They hadn't beat them since, uh, what, I guess eight, nine years. Um, you know, you, you let it all hang out there and and certainly, um, you know, if they can go in with that attitude and have some success early, you know, then they'll have a chance. Now, you know, I, I, of course, I'm a Marshawn, you know, I'm a, I'm a Lloyd, you know, I'm a, a big fan of his, and mm-hmm. I think if, if, you know, if he's able to play, if he's full speed and can play, that, that's just a huge, you know, bonus for him. And, uh, you know, and use, use Bell, um, you know, in a lot of ways, move him around and, and utilize him, um, you know, whether it be running or, or receiving. Chuck, would you think that uh, Clemson has spent uh, extra time working on special teams and special teams preparations for the Gamecocks this week? I would, I surely would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they've got good coaches at Clemson, and you know they they watch tape. Um, yeah, they'll they'll be uh, they've spent a lot of time, and I'm sure they'll be. You know, I would think they would be expecting. 
Carolina to to do things in the kicking game. Um, but you know, you, you would have thought Florida would have thought that too, and and uh, you know, and they were able to 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 score a touchdown on the punt team. So you know, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that they have put a lot of time in. All right, uh, Ellis. Let me ask you this: uh, Of course, your alma mater, the Citadel, did not renew the contract to Brent Thompson uh, on Monday. Made that announcement, so they are they are looking. I'm assuming you're you're not a candidate this time. No, <laughs> I was asked to serve on some kind of advisory committee, and I think even that fell through. So I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be considered for the head coaching job. <laughs> I will say I was not not in favor of the uh, non renewal. Very disappointing. Oh, they keep changing coaches, but they don't. They don't change anything else. Oh, so you were you wanted Brent to be uh, extended? You were in favor of him returning? Sure, yeah. absolutely. I've seen them play several times. They're well coached. They're disciplined. They don't have a bunch of stupid penalties, substitution issues, uh, whatever else you want to say. I mean, he, he ain't the problem. Okay, so they can keep switching coaches. Phil, you're in a NASCAR race and you hit the wall in the third turn and you come to the pit and you got a bent fender cutting your tire and your engine's leaking oil and they change drivers and send it right back out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what I wanted to ask you is, do you think, because I've seen like Everett Sands' name come up and, um, uh, and others, you know, Citadel men, and they talk about getting a Citadel man sometimes. Do you think it takes a Citadel man to win I mean, others outside the Citadel have come in and won. Mike Houston, for example. Charlie Taft wasn't a, a Citadel guy, though he was an Army guy. But does it help to be, you know, from that background to go to a place like the Citadel and win? Charlie went to Ithaca, so he wasn't an Army guy. He just coached up there. Well, okay. No, it has absolutely no, absolutely no. not. The only guys that have ever won a conference championship there, Eddie Teague, he wasn't a Citadel grad. Mike, he wasn't a Citadel grad. Charlie wasn't a Citadel grad. I don't think that's important at all. Now, there are a couple of guys who I think want to get in it, and I'm not going to talk the names out because somebody will think I know something. If those guys have a shot, because they both i have had relationship with them as coach player or coach coach, and I'd be behind them 100% because they're good coaches and I know a lot about them. But, no, that's not necessary at all. Do they need to get away from the triple option and get into the spread? I don't know that that's going to be a cure-all, but I'm not a three-back option guy anymore. I just I didn't do that when I took the job, and but we had to go get quarterbacks in the graduate program to find somebody to throw the ball a little bit. I just think the three-back option, uh, you, you, you've got yourself in a hole before you ever start. If you get down by 14, uh, I don't know what that game plan is, and so I refuse to run it, and I hope somebody will come in and not run it. If I'm not the mistaken, the only thing I thought Brent waited too. Brent waited a little bit too long. He started opening it up a little bit this year. Yeah, and it just was a little bit too late. Too little, too late. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you were on the um, South Carolina staff when it had the winning streak against Clemson. Were you on the? Were you? When did you leave the staff? I, my last year was 2011. Okay, so you were there for the first three. What was it like? Correct. What was it like with Spurrier and just inside the, the, the program beating Clemson three years in a row when you were there? Well, it was, it was helpful, but if you remember, Coach Spurrier never really got uh, overly focused on that game. 
and some guys I think that was good because he never let that become a pressure point for our players. Uh, we we caught that thing up and took it over by recruiting, and and you know I didn't get to stay and coach all those guys, but they won two three more. I think mm-hmm. I guess three more. But it was all done by getting on the road and finding recruiting, and I think that's what slipped after that. And Chuck, when you were at Clemson, by and large, you had the upper hand on the Gamecocks. What do you recall the Clemson mindset of the day when you were there about facing the Gamecocks? Yeah, well, during the the 80s, I mean, it it was very competitive, Um, you know, especially when when Coach Morrison came in. Um, So, yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, you know, it it was a big deal for us. And, um, uh, you know, we had, you know, we had Georgia early in the year. Then we had an ACC ACC schedule. Then we had South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know that, that those were the you know obviously Georgia was a big game, and then the the conference obviously was big. But then South Carolina at the end of the year was a big deal. So as we uh, wrap things up, uh, Chuck, let me get your thoughts on uh, the rankings this week. What'd you think? The same top four. But uh, LSU is in position. They're now number five, and they've got them in position. If they win the SEC championship game, they're going to be in, I guess, with two losses. You okay with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think they're certainly, um, uh, you know, the way they've played. I mean, you know, they, they, you know, they would be one of the if they beat Georgia, <laughs> they they deserve to be in. Um, you know, they would be one of the better four teams, and. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, if TCU wins out, they're going to be in. Um, you know, I, I think if Southern Cal wins out, um, you know, they're probably going to be in. Um, you know, of course, it depends on what happens with Ohio State and Michigan. You know, obviously one of them is going to lose, but, I, you know, I think there is the possibility that both of them could get in if it's a close ball game. All right, Ellis, let me ask you, lastly, uh, Lane Kiffin to Auburn being reported – down in Mississippi by a veteran TV guy down there who I think you probably know him and think, I think he probably knows his stuff. Um, you feel like that's going to happen? And, and what do you think of that hire? I don't have any idea. I, I do think that sometimes these things get planted by the right people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big distraction for him right now. I don't know that there's anything to it or not, but I think that the part coming out on TV was probably planted by somebody. Not accusing the guy that did it of being a part of it, but mm-hmm. if you get something like that from a source, you're going to let it go. Let it fly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the same thing happened with Tommy Turville. I'll be honest with you, right now, I'd rather be the head football coach at Ole Miss than the head football coach at Auburn. And until Nick Saban and Kirby Smart uh, are gone, that's a hard job. <laughs> <laughs> well, one's got a lot of years to go left. Recruit. One's got a lot of You go of years. west, you can't get no players. You go uh, east, you can't get no players. And you stay home, but Alabama's going to get eight out of ten every year. So even if you beat them, they get eight out of ten. It's a hard job, man. Hey, guys, we thank you as always. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, enjoy the football games on Saturday or throughout the rest of the week. And uh, we'll gather you back up next week to uh, recap what happened over the weekend and look ahead. Thank you so much, Chuck, and thank you so much, Ellis. Thank you, Phil. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Same to you guys. Appreciate you very much. Chuck Reedy, Ellis Johnson with us here on Sports Talk. Brutally honest. We should call this segment Brutally Honest. 
brutally honest as always. And we appreciate that. And we'll be back after the break. Mm-hmm.